Welcome to the Oh Ear Podcast. My name is Oh Ear. My name is Christian Duran. I am the Senior Vice President of the Oh Dear Podcast. With and wins. <laughs> Christian, will you lay off the soundboard, dude? Yeah, what the fuck, dude? We're trying to do a podcast here, man. Hey, sexy girlfriend. <laughs> what? <laughs> Monster Jam. Oh, man. How much did Quagmire ruin being a guy? <laughs> oh, what an opener. What an opener. Do you think like, he's single-handedly responsible for the Me Too movement? <laughs> they had to have done an episode with his thoughts on the Me Too movement. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but he was uh, he was of a certain time. Yeah, he definitely was. That's such a great, that's such a funny character because it's, it's like, obviously that's not okay. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. So, like, that's what's funny about it. Like, that's what people don't understand is, like, you can do jokes that are not, quote, unquote, like, okay, that are, like, like the logic of the joke and the, is completely wrong. And the funny thing is, is that it's wrong and you know that it's not right. Because yeah. he's a character and characters can be wrong. In fact, I think should be like and done like you know well like it's done well for it's the tacky horny guy you know what i mean yeah yeah and if like the world was the way quagmire's world was then none of those jokes would actually be funny right like what's funny is that it's not that and obviously no one acts like that and it's not good taste (laughs) no one doesn't not laugh at quagmire no one like <laughs> watches and like oh I t- yeah no this is a serious show yeah yeah the it's funny so funny th- sorry go go ahead, Christian. no you go i was just gonna just gonna add on to the point it's just like people don't get that the point of it is that it's so beyond the pale of common decency in polite yeah. society <laughs> that it's hilariously outrageous that someone would do that and that's why it's <laughs> yeah funny. yeah that's what i was thinking about like uh the the game we played the other night oh yeah yeah if for some reason like the video of that ever was leaked it would just be like obviously the terrible things that i said and i'm just gonna say it was me the whole time uh were because everybody in the room was is a decent person so me saying something horrible is funny because it's everybody knows that that's not the right thing that's why it's funny mm-hmm. i don't know i can feel a Watching like just where you know we reveal a Christian has a white supremacist outfit in his closet. <laughs> I'm gonna come out in like a, a week or two and be like, you know what? I thought I laughed at the time, but I was just afraid not to laugh. That <laughs> I just I was afraid of what Whitmer would do if I didn't laugh. Yeah, so. Whitmer's Whitmer's white skin just made me go in uh, go in with it. I didn't really want to, but <laughs> by the yeah. <laughs> I want to make an article that like there is is there anyone out there who's written an article that's like this is why Quagmire is problematic. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I would love to do a documentary like the one about a poo but it's about Quagmire and just act <laughs> so appalled to be like can you believe <laughs> It's so funny that you bring that up cuz I was just um you know you're just at home doing whatever and I had Family Guy on just in the background while I was working and stuff. And yeah. it's uh, it's just so insane, the jokes that were, like, done in, like, 2000. Like, it was basically 
the joke is he drugs a woman and is taking her to his house and then gets caught and he's like, oh, I wasn't doing anything. Like, it's just, it's just the only joke was that he was going to drug and rape her, basically. <laughs> giggity, 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 goo. And, and go, then it's like 2015. You're like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, no, I mean, how do you feel about, like, does it make it less funny or do you think... It doesn't, it doesn't make it less I don't know if it makes it less funny It just makes I'm just more aware That you couldn't do it now And then yeah. it's like Why not I, I'm not defending it Because I know that it's like inappropriate But I'm saying like generally in pop culture Why do we It's better Is it better that that type of joke We wouldn't feel like we could make it I think the thing is, it's like you're faced with the reality of Cosby actually date raping a bunch of people. So like, yeah. so then it just, that's probably the first thing you think of. Like if, if there was a joke about like a, uh, a bombing or something like that, and then the Timothy McVeigh thing happens, you're like, oh, well that actually just really happened. So, mm. and I'm just showing my age. Cause I'm like, <laughs> like the Timothy McVeigh thing just happened. Uh, <laughs> For you kids out there, Timothy McVeigh was a white terrorist. Yeah. And when those attacks happened, Christian was only 36. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So cheap. I don't even like those jokes anymore. I'm sorry, Christian. (laughs) I want to come on the record and say, I have not heard one that hasn't made me laugh. (laughs) And Christian's age spectrum, whenever we make an old joke, old joke is anywhere from 32 to like 248. (laughs) We'll make a joke that he's like, you know, from like fucking Civil War era. (laughs) I love this. But yeah, the Timothy McVeigh... um, if the tragedy were not, yeah, what tragedy? I guess my if, point is, it's like once, once like a real life thing happens, you sort of associate that issue with it. Um, then it, like, there is no big, not that date rape wasn't a thing, but it's just like there is no, there was no like specific big example. Like, yes. what it is is the context changed because back then when you made a date rape drug or a date date rape joke not a drug i hope you're not making those drugs uh um, if you made a joke about it it was just like a a theory in general that we've heard about date raping happen and this is a funny joke about date rape but now that there's like a specific giant example it's like the context of date rape changed because of cosby but also oh sorry i cut you off no just saying context is always what makes jokes funny or not like I watched like an old episode of uh, Sid Caesar's The Show of Shows. And it's like the show in the 50s and it was all parody. And you had to understand the context of the time and the parody and what they were parodying for you to even find it funny. So I was basically watching. It might as well have been in Chinese because I just didn't understand why any of it was funny. Not all of them. I got a defense Caesar show. Well, no, of course. I'm just saying, like, a lot of the jokes... I'm not saying that show sucks or something. I'm just saying, like, yeah. a lot of the jokes were dependent on the context of you understanding what they were talking about. Right. It's like if you did a topical joke in 1967 about, like, the mayor of San Francisco, yeah. like, that... If you don't know the mayor of San Francisco and you don't understand the, the, the politics surrounding 1967 San Francisco, and you see that joke present day, you're just not going to get it unless... 
it somehow transcends it in a certain way, like physical or something along those lines. Yeah, it'd be like someone making a joke like, yeah, you got a biggest chance is being Greta Garbo's slippers. And then people are like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> like they get why that's <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I guess that's fine. You're like, I know, but there's like a 2020 version of that. Yeah. You, like that type of line has always <laughs> existed. <laughs> um, that is a uh, highly accurate. Well, the yeah. joke now would be like fucking whoever, like Kardashian joke or whatever it is. Like whatever Jimmy Fallon joke is. Notice Christian was better at doing an old reference than a new one. <laughs> <laughs> new Greta Garbo on, yeah. you know, on just on a pin. But I couldn't yeah, come up with pin. Billie Eilish at all. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, there are like, a, it's interesting seeing music that you just like, oh shit, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is interesting when you've reached the age of like, yeah, I just don't understand. Like Billie Eilish to me, like I get that her music videos are really creative and insane, but like the music to me just sounds like a computerized jingle that anybody could really make. Then surrounded by like these weird like like that's what it is like 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 I, you you can say that's good and i i can't this i can't say you're wrong but like is that good like is that really good like dude i can like if i could just belt out like whitney houston you know what i mean i just did her i just did Bill like i like how good she could she be if i could just do her just now like that like that's her that's what she does it's you make a great point and but here's the other thing is like billy like her even just her specifically because i've seen her sing one song live and then you go oh shit that person is really talented but like yeah. the type of music that at least i've heard and then you know it's a minimal amount i haven't gone through her album but like those famous singles you know couple two three they do sound like at best not utilizing the at least the talent of a voice yeah she yeah actually probably does have a great voice i've seen it i've seen her one she video does. and you're like oh. well that's that's the funny thing is i heard her do a live song and i was like she did like a cover of something and i was like she so she can sing <laughs> that's what, you, what is she doing what is she doing like, the kids no don't want to hear they want, don't want to hear a singer. They want to hear a... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> just breathy. <laughs> like, as I remember Britney Spears, like, when Britney Spears started, she became she became so poppy. And, like, she, she became, like, a thing. So she couldn't really sing that well. And then all of her songs started being, like, whisper breathing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she can't sing very well. She's she's because she's an icon. She's not like a amazing singer, which is fine. Whatever. This is America. So I just assume Billie Eilish couldn't <laughs> sing either, but she actually can. So that's what puzzles me even more. It'd be like if Adele only did rap. You'd be like, "What are you doing? Why <laughs> are you a rapper, Adele? You have the best voice." You're not going to become the best rapper alive, Adele. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, beep, beep, let me, you know, check it out now. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, Wade. It's funny because I never thought Britney Spears was a bad singer until she wasn't in her prime. 
And then I go yeah. back, I was like, you know, Britney Spears wasn't that good of a singer at all. Yeah. There's no examples of her ever like belting one. Yeah. You know there, I mean? Her songs are amazing beats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're fun and they're poppy right. and everything. Yeah. A Swedish guy who has minimal, not minimal, who at the time was not native in English. Max Martin. He, he was the, yeah. like the Swedish pop genius. And his like weapon his like almost secret sauce is that he doesn't know English. Like he's not like a native fluent speaker. So these little phrases he comes up with are like, kind of like not like a full, it's like not really an English sentence. Like hit me baby. Oh yeah. (laughs) One more time. Yeah. He's like, Nobody would really ever say that. It is and bad that's, English. That's it's bad. <laughs> hit me, baby. Yeah, hit me, baby, one more time. Like that. <laughs> if you that put does, it in a Swedish guy's voice, it all starts making sense. It's like, <laughs> it's, so I'm many. a slave for you. <laughs> I cannot control it. I cannot hold it. <laughs> Maybe that's who wrote all of her music. It was just a guy it is. in broken English. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised there was no lyric in her song like, how you say, <laughs> oops, I did it again. <laughs> how you say when you make oopsie. Uh... It's so funny that after two songs, I've already out of like Britney Spears references to make fun of. Like I'm like I can't, I can't even offer one to the table because I'm like I know that song and that song, and I don't know any other ones right now. Remember, I typed in, I went, I just hit Spotify because I was like, oh shit, he did, uh, he did uh, whatever song you did, and then there is Baby One More Time, and I was like, there's one more out there, there's one more yeah. reference you made. That's um, funny. But that's the this guy's Max Martin. He's the Swedish songwriter behind uh, Britney Spears' "Baby One More Time." He wrote Backstreet Boys's "I Want It That Way." Again, <laughs> that's another kind of uh, you know what I mean. You're like he that wrote, doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Yeah, it's it is, but it isn't. Like you wouldn't ever really hear someone say that, but I guess if someone said that, you're like okay. You, the only way you would ever say I want it that way is if you're directly pointing at something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, without the context of what what do you what do you mean you want it that way? What <laughs> right. what way? Right. And it's like that's did Christian come off the call? Oh shit. I think we lost Christian. That's our no, first I'm, technical difficulty. Oh, you're still I'm here. I'm still on there. Did my video go out? Yeah, your video oh, went out. Good. I just changed um, I changed camera, sorry. Let me see uh, if no, it comes back. Um is it working? You're still good, yeah. So I mean, wait. I we can hear you. It's totally cool. Okay. Um, what if we just made the rest, the last hour of the podcast, us doing that with Christian? <laughs> 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 but it's uh, I forget the train of thought, but yeah, no one would really say it. But you, if you heard it, it wouldn't be that weird. And like, I want it that way is like a really rude sentence. If you heard yeah. someone say, like, I want it that way, you'd, you'd be like, that's douchey. But I think, like, I could see a non-English speaker just being like, oh, I want it that way. Yes. <laughs> I want my Whopper that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's not rude. That's just, he, doesn't... he just doesn't quite get it. That's fine. He, he wrote, in syncs, it's going to be me. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, he wrote Taylor Swift. 
One More Night, I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry, Maroon 5. This guy is uh, one songwriter of the year 11 times. He's got to be a billionaire, right? I mean, those songs made too much money. I, yeah. Uh, like his was, net worth sorry. approximately $260 million. That doesn't... That seems low still. I mean, those he was selling records, huge amounts of records, when they were still selling records. You know what I mean? <laughs> like When records, like I think the early 2000s was like the best time to come in and loot. Yeah. And like make your money because you could just sell a shitload of records. It's weird being a expert in like the, the formulaic pop song, you know? Yeah. Like, because at one hand, you probably come down with like a very basic formula or there's probably not one basic formula. There's probably five basic formulas to like pop songs and they, you know, they have to be repetitive and they have to be catchy and they, you know, like those things. But this guy just like figured it out, I guess. And he just writes poppy. Does he write anything else? You know what I mean? Does he, did he write like a Metallica song too? But doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, I, like it just seems, it's just, he only does that. It just seems no. weird. I'm looking at his associated acts. This guy only writes <laughs> pop songs. Adele, Britney, Ariana Grande, Maroon 5, Katy Perry, Justin Timberlake. I just keep picturing him as like a character in a movie when like the character goes bottoms up, like and he needs they need he need it's like trying to get like your boxing trainer back and it's the songwriter and it's like take me back and he's like under one condition <laughs> and then he just writes the pop song for no he goes we can't go back to the way it was and then it's <laughs> like, like that's the song <laughs> that's the hook you're a genius <laughs> No, I Wait. didn't mean it that way. No, that's the other that's one. It. <laughs> He's like, we can't go back to the way it was. I think you have a hit song, but I need to change one thing. We can't go back to the way it was. <laughs> like, genius. Oh, now it like it's a little off, so it's even stickier in my head. <laughs> That'd be great if Max Martin had a bunch of songs that were like his own personal songs. And you're, you're like, oh, he's he's like, oh, these are the ones I'm saving. And then they're like <laughs> awful. Like they're really bad. <laughs> like they're it's him in like a ukulele and it's like awful singing and like trap, like even worse lyrics. <laughs> Skirty burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or it's like I very, Yeah, it's like it's like traditional Swedish yeah. like uh, <laughs> country folk or something. <laughs> Slavic folk. This is the uh, stuff that's going to make me millions. Honky flunky donkey dear. And then court. Bling. <laughs> Bling. That's crazy. Rick, what are you saying? Well, I was just thinking, would you think it would be like. And I, 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 I'm not obviously a musician in any way at all. I have no musical abilities. But it seems to me that it wouldn't yeah, be that fun. Yeah, that makes one of us, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me that it wouldn't be fun to have somebody write your music for you. Like, you're, like to me, like being a comedian, it, the mm -hmm. only thing I can compare it to is if someone wrote my material. And to me, like I, I know that killing is fun. I totally understand that. I know the feeling of killing. But like it would definitely feel good to kill with somebody else's like writing material for you still but it would definitely not feel nearly as good yeah. as you know what i mean like 
Because killing on right. stage and doing well on stage is just like that's just an adrenaline rush no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but but I think sorry if you. No 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 that was that's it. Because like music is a lot more collaborative. So yeah. like I'm not even Christian's the music expert. I'm obviously, but like a writing process, like songwriters will do that. Like they'll have meetings with other songwriters. Be like, let's just try and write a song. Like they'll have sessions. And like pop stars will often, I think he, his probably relationship with the artist is different per, you know, depending on who, like Britney Spears is one. She was like 16 at the time. I bet he just fucking wrote that whole song. But then I bet like someone who's a little more developed as a songwriter, Taylor Swift, I bet it's a little bit more collaborative. Yeah. Called in. I watched that documentary, and I don't know if she all of her songs are the way that that documentary portrayed it to be, but she seems to be basically like she writes the songs, and then the way like I will write down a premise and then run it by you, and then you might add a note or two, but like it's clearly like my brainchild. That's what it seemed like with her. It seemed like she wrote like the skeleton of the, all of the music, and then like or the lyrics at least. And ends the music too, actually. And then, like, she would collaborate with somebody, and then they would like help her see her vision through. That's what that seemed like to me. But I, I, I'm not sure if that's how all of her. I music. gotta jump in here. I mean, it's one thing that I don't know if you guys know necessarily about me. I am a huge fan of Taylor Swift. Oh uh, really? Yeah, and uh, genuinely, this is not like a bit. Like, she's people really judge her. Be- and they just don't know. If anyone who thinks she sucks, they just don't know. That's how you sound like the trailer for her like Netflix documentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, I'll be honest with you. Like, I just assume like I'm not a big pop music fan. Like, if a song is catchy, I can like listen to it and be like, you know, even sing the words to it. But I don't really care much about the artists so a lot of them just become derivative to me like you know your lady gaga's and your taylor swift like they're all just like the same artist for me (laughs) but i i watched that documentary though and i i came out with a lot of respect for her just because she's clearly really smart she clearly really cares and she's clearly a musician who like writes her lyrics and like cares about her art and stuff so i um she kind of bucks the trends of like the the um the pop star that's completely like consulted and you know basically manufactured and there's an element of her that's kind of like that but it's not so much with the music which is so, refreshing here's the thing yeah taylor swift there's so much going like she is absolutely as an artist and she bucks a lot of trends she also has like one of the things that makes T Swift great is that she has like different <laughs> notes. Oh, T Swift? Yeah, okay. For real though. And like so she has different angles in which she kind of like is an artist and also a brand. And the way yeah. she wears her brandness does not necessarily annoy me. Let me put it this way. She had three lead singles to her uh, latest album. Her latest album called Lover, and it is a phenomenal album. It's her best songwriting I think she's ever had. But um, her opening three singles featured Brandon. One featured Brandon Urie of Panic at the Disco. One of them featured um, the Dixie Chicks, and the other one of them featured um, St. Vincent. Now, I don't know if you guys know who those people are, but they represent the three tenets of T-Swift and Ness. 
the Dixie Chicks represent the country past of her and like kind of like her musical roots. So the uh, Brandon Yuri of Panic at the Disco, that was the lead single. That represents her like almost her ubiquitousness of pop ubiquity and her just kind of like almost being like Coca-Cola because she always opens her albums with this like really generic like means nothing pop song that can just be played anywhere because it means nothing so it doesn't have any specificity and but that's good too like we do need those songs too and then she had St. Vincent who's like the make cool Manhattan chic part of her. St. Vincent is a great, I guess, quote unquote, indie artist. Yeah. Whatever that means, indie these days. Yeah. But yes. So those yeah, are I all, all I, Swift is great. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I but the, there is value in like the 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 ubiquitous pop stuff. It's like chewing gum in a way. Like like there is value in like music that you can just put on when you're fucking cooking dinner. You know what I mean? Like that, that anywhere we do need drugstores need to play music. (laughs) (laughs) Like for real though, like people are like, do you ever listen to Drake? And I'm like, no, because I'm going to hear him. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to listen to someone that I'm just going to hear in the world. Yeah. He's drugstore music. We need that. Taylor Swift does more than that, but like, and Drake does too, but Whatever. Like, yeah. we need music for drugstores, and uh, Trailer Taylor Swift can have songs that, you know, she's pop, which obviously airs itself more to that. But there's a lot of heart to a lot of her songs, too. And, like, she's written a song on her newest record that's about her mom getting cancer. Um, and uh, it's, it's the one featuring the Dixie Chicks. And it's like, dude, that's like a heart-wrenching life experience and so she does write about real shit um she should cover um britney spears says hit me baby one more time when the cancer comes back a second time oh my <laughs> god oh my god oh dear yeah <laughs> uh man someone we had to like, someone had to get an oh dear in all this taylor of, swift talk <laughs> too much unironic unfunny brett <laughs> jesus yeah didn't like that, did you? Speaking of pharmacy store music, Jesus. Um, so what? Clock and strangle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, I was thinking the person, the people that are making like tons of money with uh, pharmacy store music is like Santana and, and like Matchbox <laughs> Twenty. Like you cannot go into any department store or pharmacy without hearing John Mayer, Santana, uh, Vanessa Branch. <laughs> Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, yeah. If you walk into a pharmacy store, you're going to hear... <laughs> you're going to hear the... You also might hear the song, Well, it's a high one. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the moon. Sweet on you, yeah. Give me your high, make it real. That guy has the most affected voice in music. I love Matchbox 20, but he has the dumbest voice. And he's trying to make it dumb. That is the guy who made that curated that playlist that's everywhere of drugstore music. The the Carlos Santana, that song, whatever that one is. When he was making the playlist, that was him being like, 
Yeah, but we can be hardcore too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put a little edge on there. <laughs> yeah. Like Santana, bro. Like he he had an intern pilot together with like a bunch of records he gave him. And then uh he, he looked at the playlist and was like, God damn it, this is so safe. <laughs> put some Santana on there. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then another guy was like, "What about Towns Van Zant?" And you're like, "That's too. That's too. You're risky. fucking fired. Get out." <laughs> <laughs> what Dude, about Bruce uh, mirrors that song totally suck. What's that? I forget about it. That's oh, yeah, forget about it. <laughs> he has like so many songs like that. Like, uh, what's that uh, song? Ah, uh, fuck. I don't know. Let me look at. I gotta look it up because there's like. There's like four Matchbox Twenty songs that like featuring Rob Thomas. That's yeah, the Rob song, Thomas. But yeah. Wow. Uh, While you're looking that up, Christian, I can bring up another topic in relation to music. And Christian, do you have it? Yeah. It's three a.m. I must be lonely. <laughs> lonely. <laughs> yeah. It's all ah extra ah is there. Uh, just adding an extra syllable to words. I wish the real world would just stop hassling me and you. And you. <laughs> <laughs> he always sounds like. He That's sounds... him in his everyday life. Hey, honey, what do you want for dinner? Maybe some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> he just sounds like he's a loud comer all the time. Like, <laughs> pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say brett but that was like that that was also there was like a good five to eight years where like i don't think any number one single had a good singer on it <laughs> like all of the singers for rock music was we've talked about it before that like grungy but like shitty grunge yeah it's a grunge like department store nirvana it's like that <laughs> yeah i mean in a way though there is kind of like um a, um, kind of a beauty to like human flaws in music, like because rock and roll especially isn't supposed to sound perfect. It's it's supposed to be a little like rough and shitty and like yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's like a people in their in their garage jamming. It's not supposed to be like purpose per like perfectly flawless. Yeah. And I think mu- music has become that. Like it's so poppy and so like through computers and through technology that music is kind of now just like there's. There's not really the human element as much as there used to be. Um, well, this is so, why, yeah. I was just saying, like, even, like, if you go back and listen to, like, an old Pink Floyd song, like, you hear, like, them exhale, like, before taking, you know what I mean? Like, like that kind of shit is, like, it's authentic and, like, it's real. And, like, all of that shit gets cut out now. Well, if you want to hear somebody... Sound- if you want to hear somebody exhaling, just listen to Billie Eilish. The whole fucking thing. He's <laughs> <laughs> got asthma. Yeah. The uh, the um oh shit I lost some train of thought. Wait, I think it's because pop music like first off, it's like artists used to just other would make their song and then pop would go toward it because it was just a great song. Yeah. Whereas now there's just like everyone's trying to make music for pop's sake. Yeah. If does that make sense like the pop artists what the people who are popular or pop or was like a lot of real artists yeah. and like 
they wrote their songs and they tried to do really clever, creative things. I don't know. I think I, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I, there's always been the music business. So in other words, when I ever, whenever I see documentaries about like old, you know, 60 singers or something like that, they're, they would go like, Oh God, the Beatles wrote this great song and we were just trying to like one up them or like, we were so inspired by that song that we came up with our song or like Bob Dylan wrote this amazing folk song. Yeah. And we all thought it was so beautiful and we were just trying to like get to that level. But at the same time in the sixties, there was like the, uh, Dave Clark five or whatever they were like the Beatles ripoff bands that like music labels created. Like, so there's always been an element of just, um, coming up with singers and stuff for radio. I agree. Hits. I agree, but I think too though, like with the with technology being the way it is, is you can you can manufacture music easier today than back then. Like you still had to have a band back then. Like the guys had to know how to play the bass still. Like you couldn't yeah. just like you couldn't just put a handsome guy as the bass player because you wanted the band to appear that way. Like you, he actually needed to play the instrument. Yeah. Where now you can kind of fabricate and like manufacture uh, a band or a, um, a star who doesn't necessarily have they have star quality, but they don't necessarily have music talent. And I'm sure like there's there's a version of that from the what 60s up? and 70s and 80s. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah. uh, I, it is also like I always think about this too because I, I, I am, I am being biased, only because like, like when you think of classic rock and you think of like the beat, like you're basically like you don't know all the bad music that was playing back then. You For only, sure. Yeah. You know, the only thing you remember is the stuff that stands stand the test of time. So like today. Oops. You know, there's a bunch of shit that no one might care about in 20 years, and only like the really good shit will be played 20 years from now. Jeez, and people yeah. 20 years from now will be like, "Man, music 20 years ago was so much better than it is today." And it's just because, yeah, because it's like that's the best shit that was left over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. Um, but, but also like music and culture is just more fragmented. So, like, I don't necessarily know because I think sometimes a lot of the best music isn't necessarily higher on the charts. And I think a lot of the best music had a chance on the charts, quote unquote, back in the day. Um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of the best music was on the charts and I don't necessarily think the best music is always on the charts these days. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And, so and like, it's weird. It was, it's like it's cool that the best music or the most famous musician was also someone who was really definitely good. like crazy talented. All the but you are right. Like we don't remember the good shit, or excuse me, we don't remember the bad shit because duh. It's almost like SNL. It's like people will always yeah. be like. I've even joked. Everyone has always said SNL used to be better, even in its first season. Yeah. <laughs> first episode, people are like the show used to be better when it was. As soon as, as, soon as episode two started, they're like, episode one was so much better. I know. It used to be so much better. It's been hard to write an hour of sketch comedy every week for every, 25 weeks a year. Yeah. Have you ever watched the first episode of SNL? I yeah. actually have now. I, I, I did too. It's terrible. It's not good. Yeah. It's, really? Uh, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's just like it's like anything. It's like excuse me. 
Yeah, it's unprofessional to yawn. You guys are boring me. <laughs> Wake up. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's like George Carlin did like a series of monologues because he was too coked up to be in any of the sketches. Oh, yeah. So like he literally like the first episode, he was the first host of SNL. Yeah. He came out, did a, did a monologue. Then there was like two or three sketches. He came out and did another monologue, got a couple sketches, him doing another monologue. Like that was his only like part of the show was just several bits of stand-up basically yeah because yeah, uh, he's worked up to do the sketches yeah he was so nervous and like he was so cooked up that it like it 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 fed into his like uh insecurities i guess about acting in the sketch but carlin was actually in a i watched it on uh netflix because at one point all the snls were on netflix uh, it was like 1989 carlin hosted and it was actually like a really good episode and he was in the sketches and Carlin could do like voices like this is the thing about like I was thinking about like stand up comedy history and like everybody always says like Richard Pryor's the best comedian ever. And I just think like George Carlin actually had the most like diverse career in terms of he started as an impressionist. He could do impressions of anybody. And then he did like suit and tie uh, like observational comedy and then he did absurd weird druggy comedy and then he did uh political satire and social commentary like he did more stuff in his career and changed so much in his career i think like more than any comedian ever like mm. i don't know of any comedian who changed and did so many different things so many so well as george carlin like at one point, he was one of the, the best comedians in the country, like in the in the early 60s, late 50s, as just a suit and tie comedian doing Kennedy impressions. You know, like, it's pretty impressive when you think about his career. That, yeah, that is, I yeah, I never really thought about, like, how much evolving he continued to do, which probably yeah. has something to do with the fact that George Carlin had like a 45 year career like yeah, yeah that would be like if jimmy fallon today was doing like crazy social commentary and you're yeah. like dude fallon blew my mind with that like yeah well it's funny because he i remember this interview with him where he was saying that like once he started doing lsd then because he was doing he was like pretty he was doing okay and he was yeah. doing fine and then he started doing LSD and then he realized like i can't keep doing this kind of comedy anymore and he started doing the social commentary stuff yeah, pretty interesting. Which is pretty that, fucking nuts. Yeah, makes you wonder. Should we, uh, you know what I mean? No, I already do social commentary, man. I'm already fucking, <laughs> I'm raging against the system, dude. I fucking, I'm seeing real life. I, I go on stage and I fucking tell people how it is. You know, man? <laughs> like, I'm, I, I call people sheep, man. They don't even know how to take it. <laughs> I love the idea of telling people how it is. Like, no, I, I, I tell them. They don't know how it is until I tell them, and then they know because I told them yeah. how it was. I was thinking the other day, like it, with all of like all the Russian bots and all the posting on Facebook of all of our stupid uh, relatives share and post, and they get all angry and they start fights with each other online. It's like all of this is coming from Russian bots. It's like, do you think Russians now feel so dumb for spending all that money on nukes all those years ago? But all they had to do was just get a hold of our grandmothers and our uncles and just, <laughs> just send them articles. Just send them mailers. If they just had pamphlets, <laughs> just had a game of newsletter in the mailbox. And it's so it's funny. So it's funny. only uh, the only people that do it are aunts. Like if you don't have a niece and, or a nephew, you will not retweet one of those articles. But if yeah. you have, if you have a, if you're 
brothers or sister has kids, you will retreat a re- retweet a Russian bot article. Don't forget about uncles, stepdads, and grandparents either. <laughs> yeah. Wimmer is like in brother, sisters, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. What? Yeah, but you probably see more of those on your feed than others. Like, like my grandmother. I love my grandmother so much. She's like the best. But her Facebook feed is bananas. Like, if you go to her Facebook feed, it's li- like I feel like the Russians should get a writing credit for her Facebook feed. Like, it's, <laughs> she, like I all say, the shit that she, I... all the shit that she posts and shares. I like if I had to bet my hard-earned money on whether it was written by a Russian, I would bet almost every time that it was written by a Russian because it's so <laughs> fucking outlandish. It's so, it's just like, like, uh, Michelle Obama is a man, like stuff like that. Like the dumbest shit. Like, Oh my God. She actually did one good point I saw on her page the other day about how it was something like how just the Obamas weren't classy. And it was just like such a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that people used to say that? People used to say, Michelle Obama, she's just not classy. And you're like, why? She's just in a dress. And then they would have no reason. Well, we know the reason. I know. She showed up with tons of dirt on her skin. You're like, oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, boy. Obama wore a tan suit and, like, the internet went apeshit. Imagine like that level of scrutiny that like even Trump doesn't like Trump gets scrutiny over the shit he says. Like imagine just him wearing a shirt. Yeah. I know that was the day Obama definitely drone striked a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) just to get it out of the system. (laughs) It was like, yeah, that day you wore the tan suit. He knew people will be a flutter talking about what he's wearing and then not. If you're the president, do you think you can just like, do you think that you can like fuck with people on a real minuscule level like that they wouldn't even know? You know what I mean? Like if you're president, could you like go on Twitter, find somebody who's talking shit and then just kind of like ruin their day without them knowing it? Like, probably. <laughs> you could probably hire someone. You could just tell a secret service agent, hey, uh, I want you to uh, follow them and underneath the table at work several times that day without getting detected you need to tie their shoelaces together <laughs> right <laughs> and like, like kind of stuff. you could hire a fucking hundred thousand dollars keep it just classify it it'll come out in 50 years but yeah. who cares by then you'll be dead or me too and you can have you could literally just have a drone follow them around wherever they go make them feel real paranoid yeah like, you could fly a drone six feet above their head at all times. <laughs> <laughs> like, just make it super obvious. Like, just fly it into their living room. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know how cool it is that you can just get anyone on the phone? Like, as a president, you can just get anyone on the phone, right? I think so. Yeah. Like, if, if, if I called Trump right now and I was like, Trump, I'll give you $500 million if you call Brett Rabel right now. Like, how long would it take him to be able to just call you? Well, that's different. I mean, if you okay. have the office of president, you could say, I get me X's number. And they uh, will. Oh, I see you what you mean. mean. Yeah. I mean, ostensibly, with the power of modern telecommunications, you can call anyone, I guess, if you have their number. But that's not the hypothetical I was going for. I see what you mean. 
But I think Trump has ruined it in that because he's so radioactively political that he uh, uh, kind of because some people would be like, I don't want to talk to him. Yeah, he's he tried to get on the one the Lady Gaga one world. I guess she did an Instagram show or something or a streamed YouTube show. I don't know, but he tried to get on it. He called her. Apparently there's a story that's said he like asked to be on it and she said no. That's so funny. The president yeah. asked Lady Gaga to be on something and they said no. Yeah, because he that's was so funny. He he and I mean he's just addicted to the thing that gets the most eyeballs. Yeah. You know what's so funny about the thing that's crazy about him is that he he's always loved fame and I think he thought president was being the most famous person in the world. And um, it's such a monkey's paw, like, (laughs) wish for him. Like, he got to be the most famous person in the world, but it's, like, famous for being, like, one of the most hated guys ever. (laughs) Yeah. But he's leaned into it. Yeah, I know. He just red meets his supporters. My question is, is, like, he was never going to lose his his base no matter what he did. Like his his base of people are just always going to be, but like the people who swung the election and voted for Trump last time, um, like the same people who before that voted for Obama, I want to know like are those people still on board with this guy? Because that's going to decide the election. Like, goddamn, I'm sorry, guys. I just don't know. Like, I I have a hard time thinking that someone who is reasonable enough to vote for both Trump and Obama would still like Trump over Biden. Or yeah, but again, I just I don't know. I mean, polls say Biden right now has higher favorability and all that. The, the, I, I, I this is my main feeling about Biden. The one thing Hillary had going for her in the 2016 election was that she wasn't Trump, and the two things that Biden has in the 2020 election are that he's not Trump <laughs> and he's not Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. those are his two best qualities. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody uh, posted something. Huh? No, I was just going to say somebody posted something the other day where it was like, um, why are you voting for Biden? Uh, and don't name – if you can say why you're voting for Biden without naming Trump, blah, 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 or whatever. And I was like, you know what? Good point. <laughs> like, I can't tell you why I'm voting for Biden other than he's not Trump. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but is that, that enough of a reason? I think so. Yes, I think so. Yes. Why? I think. I, well, I think like if this if this was like if this was like Obama versus McCain or something, and people are like, "Well, I'm I'm voting for McCain because he's not Obama or whatever." Like, I I think this is like the first time the president's been well, the first time in recent memory the president's been this like nuclear in terms of like your opinion on him. So maybe he's so crazy nuclear that maybe you could get a call to action just by saying, hey, at least it's not him. But I don't know. Yeah, and Hillary tried to do that in 2016, but she was Hillary. Hillary. And uh, oh, Biden isn't Hillary. And uh, I think... I think that that's okay that that's a voting. You can be a single-issue voter. And I think Trump has proven himself to be 
able to be bad enough that you can just say you don't like him. And that's like he's done enough harm where it's like I can't keep track of everything. I just know at least honestly just even him from a practicality point of view from how divisive he is. That's not healthy. Like now there's a broader point where you can't get rid of you can get rid of Trump, but the sentiments and things that he makes people feel you can't get rid of that's true but also you can probably redirect their frustrations in better ways for some of them there are some people who are unhelpable yeah it's just nuts to me that like i get the like the idea of being a republican is actually really nice like i wish i could be a republican because a republican is basically someone who's just like less government let the people figure it out for ourselves like our businesses and our other institutions will will figure out everything and then the government is just there minimally to just do what we need them to do but like every time we've ever left it up to big businesses and people to do the right thing nobody does until the government comes in and makes them yeah it's like everything it's literally from slavery to fucking slave like it was literally slavery and then it was like the 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 industrial revolution and all the kids working in factories for pennies and then they fucking had to the government had to go in there and make all these labor laws and then like civil rights yeah and then they could, every the government always has to be like the one and it's like the government is like the a shitty superhero it's like he, you don't want to like the superhero you you live you live in Gotham and it's like you really want Batman but you have like a shitty superhero who's expensive like you have to pay him and like the, <laughs> yeah. he he pay he pays the way he spends his money is so inefficiently. You're like, bro, we gave you trillions of dollars and you bought that. Like, dude, help us. How often are you gonna fly the bat wing? Yeah. Sucks, dude. But, but at the look same at time, it. it's like that's the, that's the only superhero there is. Yeah. And it's and it's like we need them to. It that's what it like. It would be great if we didn't need to rely on the government for shit, but we always do because people are fucking greedy assholes. Well, it's like it's it's capitalism as a concept will squeeze out as much as it can from human life and existence yeah. as it can because it's designed to do that. Right. I'm not trying to sound like someone who's anti-capitalist. I'm not that informed, but I know things have their place and it's like makes countries really rich. But also unchecked is just stupid. Unchecked anything is stupid. And it's stupid that Republicans are considered the ones holding – capitalism are holding the country back by just letting capitalism be leashless because Teddy Roosevelt was a Republican and he was the fucking trust buster. Like he literally, that was his MO was he just, so it just shows that party labels are so fucking stupid. We really need four parties in America. We need the Trump side of things. That's one moderate Republicans do moderate Democrats, left Democrats. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you could literally separate it to be like um, progressives, like Democrats, Republicans, and I don't know whatever you want to call Trump's people, all Trump's the alt right, yeah, to Trump, to like, Trump, the party of Trump. It's yeah, and they can be, you know, their own party. Teddy Roosevelt had his own party, the Bull Moose, and yeah. so we saw how that worked out, right? What right, are, guys? What <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, that's interesting. When he ran in that platform, I think he actually just did it to fuck over William Taft, his best <laughs> friend turned uh, kind of bitter political rival. It was a person he handed over his presidency to 
And he had had this very progressive presidency, and he handed it to this guy he thought was going to be great, William Taft. William Taft, an admirable, brilliant thinker, but he just maybe was a different leadership style than Teddy and gave a little too much lip service to the corporations. And then Teddy started resenting him and eventually ran against him to fuck over his campaign to take 15% of the vote. And uh, they never talked spoke again until one day 25 years down the line they were both in a restaurant on the second and third floors a waiter said to them did you know that teddy roosevelt or in teddy's case taft is below you and they hadn't they were like they hadn't spoken forever because their friendship was broken and in that moment they were both old men and they went and they had lunch together and they talked for hours and then like uh couple months later, I think it was uh, Taft died. Hmm. Or Teddy Roosevelt died. And... Teddy, wait, William Howard Taft outlived Freddie, Teddy Roosevelt. How does that happen? <laughs> uh, one of them died, and the other one was forever thankful that they had that oh. uh, lunch. It's pretty beautiful. I thought you're gonna. I thought that story was gonna end with like Teddy Roosevelt going to the waiter and be like, "I'll give you ten dollars if you shit in the soup." <laughs> I thought there'd be a Howard fat joke in there at some point. I had to make a Taft fat joke. Oh, dude! No, here, you guys. I Teddy Roosevelt died first, for the record. Um, wow. And Taft was forever grateful that he was able to have that moment with his friend. Anyway, so. William Taft, it breaks my heart that uh, he wasn't had didn't have the best presidency, but it breaks my heart that like he is like a very thoughtful dude, and his entire legacy is just boiled down to he's fat and he had a bathtub. Like, yeah, I Brett, that's how I feel. I'm a brilliant comic. I have a great cooking show. I'm a <laughs> good husband. I'm a good man. But all I am to you is a fat joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I know, I know. Um, sorry, now that the fatty's done talking. What I was saying is... <laughs> What, what I was saying is, isn't that crazy that you, he accomplished, he became the most accomplished man of his generation or among them, president and also Supreme Court justice. And he just became in history's book fat, which is still more than mo almost everybody gets. Yeah. Um, I didn't know he was a Supreme Court justice. He was only man to ever do both jobs. He was, mm. I believe, and he was. His temperament was more suited for the Supreme Court, and he loved the law. He was not necessarily meant to be a front, front leader in the way that uh, politicians have to be. But as a leader, as a judge, he was much more suited for that. Was he the fattest president ever? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Prob probably. I, I'm, I'm per yeah, he was. I'm pretty sure that was like a thing. I would imagine since he's kind of known that way, but well, I mean, after a while, like after enough time, you basically just get uh, dissected down to your uh, caricature. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that was part of the reason Teddy Roosevelt was so um, 
remembered is he was caricaturable. Like he has a very caricaturable face. And those Dude. glasses, that mustache, that look. Those teeth. You can draw. That's part of the reason he became such an icon. And then by becoming an icon, you can fucking use your icon status to, you know, whip the because he had public support, so he could weaponize that against these institutions. Great guy. Yeah. Did he? Um. Yeah, he served as the Supreme Court after leaving office. That's really interesting. Yeah. He, um. He died at seventy-three. That's that's old for a big guy. Like, good for him, dude. That's old <laughs> for being alive back then too. Like, that was just. Being 73 in like 19, what did he, he died in? He died in 1930. Being 73 in 1930 was a miracle. Also, right before the Depression. <laughs> oh, he lucked out. <laughs> he just got in on everything was awesome. He's like, this shit's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad time to die. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, but I did read a book about those two guys and. Very uh, very good book. Doris Kearns a good one. My favorite historian. My only one I've really read, um, but like more than one book. If you're, what was his name or her name? Doris Kearns Goodwin. Mm. With a name like that, you're just gonna become a historian. Like there's no, <laughs> three yeah, names like yeah. that. That's pretty much what you're either gonna be a librarian or a historian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She worked for a president. She worked as an intern under Lyndon B. Johnson. Uh, also an interesting figure, very flawed, but did some good things. I feel and, like her name's Doris. I feel like you could dismiss her like, yeah, go write a history book, Doris. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, fine, I will. Fine. I she will. Because of fucking Pulitzer. So, and meets presidents. Like she's the presidential historian. Oh, big whoop. Big- she better than me. There's a great, you want to hear a great story about her? Can she fuck me up? <laughs> she can fuck me up. <laughs> yeah, but could she, yeah, but could she kick my ass? Everyone's value as a person is whether they can kick your ass or not. <laughs> um, she, uh, so Lincoln, the book Lincoln was adapted from her book, Team of Rivals. This is how interesting this, what? No, I was just uh, still laughing at that. But yes, yeah, I'm listening. This is how interesting the Civil War is. Are you ready? The book Lincoln, a three-hour movie, was based off of two and a half pages of her book, Team Arrivals, like a a thousand-page book. And a three-hour movie based off of fucking two pages. And so Daniel Day-Lewis contacted her when he was doing research for Abraham Lincoln. As Lincoln? He was like... Uh, miss, uh, what underwear did Abe Lincoln wear? <laughs> when, when Abe Lincoln beat off, was it left or right hand? I do everything yeah. the way he... Just fucking act, you pussy. Hello, Doris. Been... I don't know. What am I talking to you on this magical device? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> everything at the craft table. What is this circular concoction, this infectionary <laughs> sphere. What do you call this? Dude, I, I, if I was a fucking grip on a Daniel Day-Lewis movie, <laughs> I would fucking hate the shit out of that guy. I'd be like, bro, be a professional. Stop Whitmer, playing pretend, you fucking loser. Would, Whitmer would take the boom pole and just fucking smash <laughs> it over the top of him. 
Anyway, uh, Brett, you're saying. A great Doris Kearns Goodwin story is so she was near um, somewhere in Virginia, near you know Gettysburg or some whatever. They're in there meeting about you know, and she was taking them around. And so they went to a little uh, restaurant to grab a bite, and they're at the table, and they both can look over and they see someone kind of at the bar looking over at them, like with that holy shit face, right? And um, the guy looking at him starts walking over, and um, the guy goes, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I'm just a huge fan of yours. Would it be okay if I took a photo with you? And then he gave Daniel Day-Lewis the camera and got next to Doris Kearns Goodwin for a photo. That's awesome. And got his camera back and then was happy and left. Did not recognize Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, who would? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that still, like, it's still one of the most famous actors in the world. Yeah. Yeah, That's really funny. Good for uh, her. Outshine that high-maintenance nerd. But anyway, sorry guys. I feel like this episode is just me monopolizing the mic to talk about the president. No, I got a lot of good history out of that stuff. I would yeah. never learn. Yeah. Next time I'm at like a dinner party, I'm gonna talk as if I'm the one who read the book. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a really interesting story about Taft. Where I'm gonna jazz it up though. I'm gonna dress it up with some fucks and stuff. I'm like, so fucking Taft said, uh, you know, go suck my dick. And then Roosevelt said, no, fuck you. He's really going to put the Christian stamp on the story yeah. to make it make it his. Yeah. <laughs> and then Taff hit him with it over the neck with a chair and jumped <laughs> off. And he was like, psh, psh, psh. Uh, he got him in the turnbuckle. <laughs> I mean, it's been a pretty Brett centric, selfish episode. We talk about Taylor Swift. Mm, yeah. Are you yeah, just your, letting me your talk two, to my... Your two muses, Teddy Roosevelt and Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Swift. <laughs> I'm fine. Well, we like Christian talking about his dumb little wrestling all the time. Get some fucking <laughs> actual learning. I want some our viewers stuff. to be smart. You know? Not just yeah. know what Vince McMahon's underwear size is. <laughs> <laughs> Medium. <laughs> well, uh, Dude, I heard that uh, Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the XFL, is suing Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, because he basically signed like a five-year, $25 million contract. And um, there was a specific clause in the contract that if he was terminated without explanation, that he was it was a guaranteed contract. And somehow Vince McMahon just terminated him without explanation. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's suing him, trying to like fucking get his money and stuff. Hey, luck is such a decent man, and I just think having to go to court with Vince McMahon, it's like Vince McMahon's going to eat that guy alive. (laughs) Not really. Vince McMahon loses a lot of court cases. He just pretends he doesn't. Yeah, he's he's lost a lot. I'm not going to get too far into wrestling, but it is a horrible week for Vince McMahon because like they just aired this documentary about Jimmy Snuka. And the thing about Jimmy Snuka was he was a wrestler in the 70s. Like, he could have been Hulk Hogan, but he um, uh, he was driving one night and his girlfriend mysteriously died. And it was always there was always a rumor that um, he did it. And it was seems pretty clear that he did it. And they just opened up the case and then he died. So it was just 
became a cold case. But they did this documentary and it came out and it basically is like, yeah, he he pretty much did it. He killed her. And um, and in the documentary, they they don't say it because nobody ever says it. But it was always rumored that Vince McMahon went to the uh, police officers, the police headquarters that night. And the problem was solved. And uh, so that came out, and then this well, the whole well, thing. He went to the police headquarters. Yeah, he he went to the sheriff's office, and him and Jimmy Snuka figured it out with the police officer. What happened and to that, his wife? What happened to his girlfriend? Yeah, and they uh, she slipped. She just slipped. That's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so that came out, and then the XFL, and then it came out that his wife Linda McMahon's uh, company. Our super PAC donated $18 million to the state of Florida. And then all of a sudden WWE became an essential business. And, oh my God. <laughs> Did you, you, have you heard the Chris Benoit tapes? Oh, I don't know about that. I know there was phone calls. Well, the Chris Benoit tapes reveal that, uh, he actually killed Benoit's family. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. You were, have you heard him? Oh uh, no, I have not. I listened I to the tapes. Like to. There, dude, there was a huge bombshell. He said in one of the tapes that wrestling was fake. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a scoop. <laughs> dude, that is, and everybody's Among like, what? Among some wrestling fans, that would be a bigger controversy than him doing 9 11. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no. But it hasn't been a good week for Vince McMahon, to say the least. <laughs> the, the, the near weekly Vince McMahon bulletin. I know. <laughs> he's some of these billionaires. At least they entertain us. And yeah. even though he's a piece of shit person, well, it's probably better if a piece of shit, unentertaining person doesn't exist. Yeah. I take that back because Trump is an exaggeration of that concept. Um, but I was gonna say at least he's entertaining. A billionaire who's entertaining, but he does bad things. He's not the best guy. I'll, I'll say that. And um, I don't know. He wants to reopen. He's just one of those guys that wants to reopen, basically. And it's funny. Like, you know, George is going to reopen, like, pretty soon, right? Yeah. George? Georgia. Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Georgia, yeah. They're, like, yeah, some movie theaters have already started opening up. Like, people, like, there's this, like, uh, mayor in Texas who's basically opened up his town already. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it it, 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 honestly, it really depends on the place, the size of the place. The, I mean, you know, that's the thing. You can't paint paint it with the same brushstroke. You know, like yeah. New York is obviously different with how many people live here, the population yeah. density. But there, yeah. I mean, there is a reasonable case to be made that if you live in a place that didn't have any cases or next to no cases, and everybody's been self quarantining for a month, that chances are that if it was a problem now it's gone and it's probably okay yeah but uh i mean it is a calculated risk though i mean you, you do you, I mean, you don't it know for sure on a place but i don't know it's probably not good for an entire state to yeah um like that to me is dumb because people can be asymptomatic and carry it it's like those people on the courthouse steps with the mich in michigan and wherever the yeah. protest it's protesting my family. Yes. <laughs> they're exactly. holding Confederate flags. Why? You're in Michigan. Yeah. What are you, how, that's so far from the South. Yeah. It, it, dude, I still don't understand that. that that's, 
That's so how you know that it's it's not heritage. It actually is a symbol of hatred that there's fucking white dudes in Michigan with Confederate flags who are from Michigan. <laughs> well, how is it relevant? To them, it represents... Being a rebel, people, dude. It's... Yeah. I get. I get. Yeah, sure. No, I guess. Don't you tread know, on me. mind on it. I'm pro it. They no, just don't want... They just don't want their freedoms. Don't take away my freedom to not self-quarantine or to hate black people or to whatever. And like, it's the, it's a observation that is, I've seen online that is very accurate is, which is if black protesters were on County courthouse steps armed with like fully automatic rifles, you think they would be called by some people to be patriots and freedom fighters and whatever other praise Uh, some people are lavishing them with no yeah you're fucking and and these are the same people who always say that that racist shit that they always say if that happened uh, black people would be marching in the streets it's like first of all like what are they like I, I, that's a common thing, and maybe it's like because I grew up where I grew up. But there's a common thing that people will say, like, um, if that happened to black people, they'd be out marching in the streets. Basically, saying that black people always are marching in the streets and protesting, and and it's really not even protesting as much as it's like uh, they're always saying that they're looting and stuff like that. It's just it's a huge racist thing that gets pushed by a lot of white people in like southern areas and stuff. It's you like a sit-ins as riots back in the day yeah. oh totally and it's like people act like whenever a bunch of white people with with machine guns protest and it's like some of us are like that's fucking scary but like i feel like the if like you brett you put it perfectly if it was black people with guns it would literally be like everybody would be like oh my god it's a gang it's not my point it's like a, i think i've seen it's like a common or it's like a point I've seen several people make on the internet, and it's a, to me it's a great point. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's just like people want the right to die slash kill others. Yeah, I guess there was I don't a know. Yeah. it was a great tweet. Somebody tweeted I retweeted the other day where she was like, uh, she's like, you know, they always got the zombie apocalypse wrong because they were, they never show the part where there's a bunch of people protesting their right to get eaten by a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. I just think it's funny, like watching all the B-roll footage of all these Michigan riots, and all the signs that are like cancel Whitmer. And it's like, it's basically like I see what it would be like if I got a, a TV show and I said the N word. <laughs> like I get to see what being canceled is like. So. <laughs> It is fun seeing your name. Is it fun, Wit, since there's a mayor it, named Whitmer? It's really interesting to hear. Like, I watch The View every morning because Sarah works for The View and stuff. So I watch the show with her in the morning. And, like, just hearing Whoopi Goldberg saying, like, oh, Governor Whitmer, just saying Whitmer a bunch. It's just like, it's weird yeah. that Whoopi Goldberg says my last name. It's just weird. <laughs> there's a great Brian Regan bit uh, where Brian Regan's, like, in an airport and then he just hears on a TV screen. Apparently, there was another Brian Regan who was like a spy. And uh, he just heard on a TV screen, it's unclear if the charges against uh, Brian Regan will lead to his execution. <laughs> and he just he just looks over and is like, I guess I better put this Sudoku down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, 
Yeah. All right, guys. I think that's it you for know this what they said, Wait. All right. Yeah. All right, one they, more the thing. last thing they said about Governor Whitmer, the, the protesters, and this is where you're like, oh, maybe you guys, they were saying lock her up about Governor Whitmer. It's like. For what? Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> or are they saying it about Hillary still? You know? <laughs> oh, did, you, did you see? Uh, do you guys know Tim Robinson? The uh, comedian. Yes. The comedian. He was on SNL for one season and he didn't get played, but then he got he had his own Netflix sketch yeah, show and it's, it's very funny. so fucking funny. Dude, he. Dude, I, I have to. I don't I haven't had this corroborated if this is someone made this together, but I'm almost 100% positive this is real. Fox News was interviewing like people like who were angry about being, basically asking to, uh, basically protesting the this whole quarantine thing. So literally, people are literally complaining. They're like, yeah, you know, like I I have to go buy my seed for my lawn and I gotta go stuff. And then all of a sudden, it cuts to Tim Robinson and his car being interviewed by like a Fox News reporter, and he's like, yeah, this is the time of year where I go out and buy all my Halloween stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's like what are you you're telling me i can't go buy all my halloween stuff right now and it's like in tim robinson's hilarious character but i don't think anybody knew because yeah. it it ran and it's just look up if you're listening to this just look up tim robinson trolls uh protesters or something <laughs> dude it's so hilarious it's so fucking funny yeah I'll, we'll watch that i'll watch that on that note you guys want to end it yeah, yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening, guys. Plugs, uh, guys. Yeah, guys, check out Hungry Wit. It's doing pretty well on YouTube. We're getting some views and stuff. Um, follow me on Instagram, Nick underscore Whitmer. I'm posting uh, stuff every single day. I made a, uh, a commitment to basically post something on Instagram, either food or comedy related, every day. So um, check it out. Uh, three episodes are up. I'm editing another episode. And I'm going to shoot another one soon. And um, this is going to be a regular thing. And I hope you guys are enjoying it. I've gotten some pretty good feedback. Hell yeah. Christian? Uh, ChristianDuranComedy.com, King Latif on all available streaming services. Yeah, and uh, keep an eye out. Go to Ray Brothers Comedy. Subscribe there. I'm going to have my special coming out soon. Although I may get a distributor. Oh, I nice. Exciting coals in the fire in that regard. Irons in the fire, whatever his thing is. Hell yeah, dude. A couple networks have gotten back to me. Oh, really? So, with nothing, I'm not going to act like it's a contract, but they go, hey, let's talk, which is better than not getting anything back. Hell yeah, man. So, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Very Fingers cool. Crossed. Fingers crossed. All right, guys. Yep. And we'll see you guys next week. All right, guys. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.